Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. With me is Benjamin Solak. Ben, if you don't mind telling the good people, what day is it? It is November 14th, which is where on the weekly calendar, what would we call this day if someone were to ask you what day it was? It is Fan Friday. Air horn, cool. Air horn action. No, that just means the uh, we're signaling to the Astros that it's an off-speed pitch. It is Fan oh. Friday. Ooh, a little time Yo, that's the most interesting thing that's happened in it's baseball crazy, in easily it? 15 years. I don't know about that. I've but never it's... cared more about baseball <laughs> in my entire life than the fact that they have some sort of super sophisticated camera system by which they can identify if a changeup has been called. And then the way they communicate to the batter is by banging something. I right, love this, this is how I figured out how it happens, right? There's two guys. Okay that are sitting in center field. One guy's got binoculars on. The other guy is like Paul Revere has two different lamps in both hands, okay? As he's looking through the binoculars, he can see when the changeup is called, and then he tells the guy yes or no, and he holds up one lamp or two, depending on if it's an off-speed pitch or not. Then the guy standing over the trash can with the broom in the dugout sees the two lamps, makes the call real quick, and then they know. One if by hand to if with speed uh-huh the astros we got y'all all figured, figured out. out y'all think y'all slick you better give me back Browns those just rings. released antonio callaway florida great oh gator great oh not a great not a great week for gator greats we'll get into that though because there's a question about another one it is fan friday and because of that we are taking you guys questions all podcast long ben are we ready to go let's hit it First question from Bryce. Top five favorite football uniforms of all time can be college or NFL. This is the worst question to answer, right? Because it changes every every time. You know really what I mean? Does. Like I, I, I just like I just yesterday I saw the 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 uniforms that Utah is going to be wearing this upcoming week, and those are now my favorite uniforms ever. Yeah. So I went with common uniforms. Right. Okay. So what are your five? So my five were, well, I guess not somewhat common. Like, I went with the Chargers Powder Blues are still my number one. I mean, they just hold a special place in my heart. The Ravens All Black ones, Oregon's All Whites, uh, the Gators ones when they go orange helmet, blue jersey, orange pants, and then I also have the... You sure you don't like it when they do the uh, the Swamp? That's not your favorite one? Yeah, God. Jesus age. Uh, and then the last one is the Falcons throwback ones, the black ones. So, like, those would be oh, those off the top good. of my head some really nice ones. But, like, as I was researching this, Nebraska's white helmet, black jersey, white pants were sick. Uh, yes. Purdue's astronaut all white uniforms were beautiful. No, that was was that no that was pretty that was Purdue not UCF. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, yeah. Come on, bringing the facts on my own podcast. I'm not gonna lie to the good people on my own I'm podcast. I'm sorry. So there's always there's so many great college football uniforms, and I guess if we were to expound upon regular jerseys, if you wanted us to go like even one time only jerseys, that's kind of a different question. But for this one, I didn't. I kind of thought that Bryce was just asking in general. So those would be my in general ones that I really like. 
Right. Okay. I respect that. Yeah. So my my number one overall are the uh, the Saints color rushes, which are the the pure white Those ones. Those are nice, the, dude. If the gold number. If you can do all white, nice, man. I'm a fan of the clean color. I love a good clean uniform jersey, and when you do Absolutely. that with the all whites, my my take, especially the NFL level, uh, and I actually have another one of these all white uniforms on the the thing as well. Um, but my take, at least at the NFL level, is your all white iteration of your uniform in terms of the white being the main color is mm-hmm. probably the best iteration for like 75, 80 percent of the teams in the league. The all white iteration that might be high. true. I'd have to right. run the math on that. But that might be true. Um, okay, so uh, my second one is like Oregon in general, right? But especially a couple years ago, Oregon had a uniform that had like orange accents on it for the duck bills, and those are really cool. I like those a lot. Oh, yeah, my I third remember one, those. My third one is the Charger Powder Blues. As you said, those are a great set of uniforms. A my fourth is if you if you look up NC State Ice Wolf uniforms, uh, these are sick as heck. Uh, this is another all white but then all the accents oh sweet mother of mary are they like yes sweet they're 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 super like slate gray or it's it's the red and they look awesome oh my god Um, these are wonderful yes and then for right and then okay so right and then for my fifth one i all i like i had like you know the green bay packers traditional jersey is a nice jersey the new los angeles rams jersey is a nice jersey i really like um i like the uh the 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 ucf space uniforms are a cool uniform those were Um, yeah so like yeah, it, but, it, yeah, but now thing. unfortunately ucf doesn't even have the best space uniform because purdue's was an astronaut uniform i want to relook at purdue's and make sure i remember type in purdue, purdue astronaut uniform these were this year right yeah yeah see these are cool as heck yeah those are those are better yeah. than ucf's can we get an honorable mention for the uh tcu horned frog blood uniforms those are the worst things i've ever seen in my life here's a good idea i was so purple and red at the same time football game with those colors in front of me i was so pissed. here are the general here are the general rules oh and also um i also have uh the the pit the new traditional pit uniforms this is more the, than five ben this is more than five the question said right. top five okay your rules are this script logos all white bases cool metallic accents prosper yes big fan matte black helmets Yes, Matt helmets every time. When Oregon State or not Oregon State, uh, Oklahoma State goes the all black with the matte black helmets. <laughs> oh, dude, and they get the the old school Beave logo. Oh, you know it, brother. I'm there. That's also if you have a funny cartoon animal logo, I'm in. It's not intimidating, but I'm still in. What was the uh? That was the Gophers, right? With the crazy like smiling right. Gopher on the on the side. Absolutely. Like imagine you're just getting like like four yard tackle for loss blown up on a swing screen, and the guy stands up and celebrates over you, and as he turns away, you see a beaver. Like how do you feel? Sad. Probably, probably. pretty bad about it. Right. But that would just motivate the youths to make sure that they try harder, so that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Society how much I, i've always wondered this question yes. how much would like cool wait wait, wait are you allowed to, are you allowed to answer ask a fan friday question since you're a part of the yes, show i am how much i am i'm just i'm in charge i think the how people much should vote on it would cool uniform aesthetics actually affect your decision as like a, a recruit? recruit yeah heavily heavily now i say that being never in that chair at any point in my life right but I'm 100% not playing for a school that I hate their uniforms. 
I'm not See, doing that's like because I, I think about that all the time. Like, like no if Alabama comes calling, I'm not going to say no to Alabama. But also, as a can man we please wear something different once? Who has spent hours, hours, days even accumulated changing the aesthetics on Madden players for a franchise draft that I just did that I will probably play two and a half games of and then redraft a week later. Let me tell you, uniforms will 100% go into my decision of where I'm playing football. Gotta look good to play good, man. 100%. Sean asks, blinking Christmas tree lights are a sign of a serial killer disgust. Yes. Yeah. That's how he hypnotizes you to get you to go into his kill room. Yeah, we're all here. Uh, I I think we're all on the same page. If you have a Christmas tree and there are just constantly lights going on and off on the Christmas tree, you need help. Clinical if there's help. a song going on at the same time, oh, get out of the house. Get move. Um, move. Burning if, the if you down. live in the same town as this person, move. There's holiday spirit, and then there's attacking people with epilepsy. <laughs> These are two separate things. Damn. Chaz said, "This is not a question." All right, Chaz, starting off strong. Christmas lasts from November first until December thirtieth. The day formerly known as Thanksgiving is actually just Christmas with turkey, which I think goes into another question that our friend Mark Schofield asked, which Ben said we were going to get to right away. Does Trev really keep his kiss Christmas tree up year-round? Okay, let's start here. Trevor, yesterday, upon seeing on the interwebs that your beloved was uh, assembling and and mounting her Christmas tree on November 13th. Uh-huh. I, as a good she's dear 13, friend would do... She's 13 do, days late, but it's okay. As a good dear friend would do, I immediately reached out to make sure everything was okay, uh, to make sure she did not think that she overslept by a month. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that she knew she had a friend if she needed one. She told me that you leave your Christmas tree up all year. Is this true? I will not confirm nor deny. Trevor, is this true? But I will say that if you walk into my living room, took a good gander around the room, there is a chance that you would see a small to medium-sized Christmas tree sitting on a table. Right, but that's right now. That's November. What if I did that in June? If you were to go back, hypothetically, of course, hypothetically speaking, yes. if you were to go back to the month of June, visit the place in which I live, open the front door, go into the living room, um, peruse around the room a little bit, take in the sights, there is also a chance that at that time you would see a small to medium-sized Christmas tree sitting on a table. How dare you? The gall! You spit in the <laughs> face of the gods? You thumb your nose at Father Time? What are you, heretic? Slanderer! Be gone with you! There is a there is a lot there are seasons! You can't do it! This is not how it works! I have we are so far on the opposite poles of things, it's not even funny. Was because this a Christmas show? Because like, you said poles? Yes, good joke. Listen, I have a distinct and, and ironclad adamantine schedule 
with which I ramp up into the Christmas season so that I wreak peach holiday goodness? Peak holiday goodness? I was going to say peach. At, uh, ideally on December 23rd if I get it right. I have this... I, don't, I have a holiday sweater. I wear it every year on Thanksgiving. It rings in the holiday season. I prevent myself from buying all the pine-scented candles that I love so much until after Thanksgiving, December 13th to 15th. That's when you put up the Christmas tree, the decorations. Lights go up December 8th. There are rules. <sighs> this is so distressful. Listen. Distressful is not even a word. It's distressing. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You said that, you said that there are seasons. I need an inhaler. What what seasons are there in Florida? One. There's one. It's hot. It's hot here. I don't got seasons. Nothing's changing then for me. All the more reason. The, the, the seasons we the seasons that we have the, the seasons season. the seasons that we have in Florida are hurricane season and fear. That's it. Those are the How two. do you summon your holiday cheer, Trevor? How do you ring it in? I have you it coming out of my ass Michael year round. I don't need Christmas to tell me to have cheer. That's why. I've never been so upset. Mike Golick Jr., shout out. He uh, he has a show where they talk about the, uh, the college football playoff as it comes out. But at the end of the show last week, he actually brought up the point for Christmas. And he said, he said that his super woke take was that we should keep all of our Christmas stuff up until the Super Bowl. I said, brother, why stop there? You know? No, it's a bad take. <laughs> it's an awful take. It's it's heresy. When do you take your Christmas stuff down? Second week of January. Okay, so you leave it up for... Okay, okay. All right, right. Well, it's just for recovery's sake. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to take it down on the third. I'm exhausted on the third. Yeah, no, of course. And you, right. you, you want to try and milk it out a little bit, of course. You know. Yeah. <sighs> okay, well, if anybody... I mean, if I'm going to keep it... A, if I'm going to keep it a buck with you... Keep it a buck with me. I literally don't have anywhere else to put this tree. <laughs> that's we, that's, we don't. The gateway drug is having no we, storage we space. Don't have, we don't have an attic here. We don't really have like a, I guess we have a back room where we could put it. But, you know, at that point, if I'm keeping it out and putting it in the back room, then why do I just keep it in the living room in the corner for people to see and be like, oh, yeah, Christmas tree. That's cool. Haha. Here's a conversation starter. Now we're talking about stuff. Now we're thinking about Christmas. We're thinking about funny things. You know, that's how I introduce joy into the household constantly. And you know what it works? Well, it's just like there's there's as a certain degree of chaos and disorder with which I can, you know, survive. And this just exceeds it by leaps and bounds. I'm going to get you a Christmas present this year, except my Christmas present isn't going to be on December 1st. It's going to be um, me talking to Meredith and having her set up a small Christmas tree in your room in June. Oh, no, definitely. In terms of the person who you can get to, like, not be overly planned out with how to be in the holiday season. Yeah, Meredith's your target. Good luck, Tiger we've had yeah, thanksgiving plans since july yeah but you forget ben the goal of it is to annoy you that's a good point actually yeah that's that's, 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 that's very fair thank you Chaz, for uh starting okay. that beautiful conversation there mitch asked Let's how many 15 minute nap and then resume the podcast mitch asked how many coked up feral hogs could the tdn staff take down and the reason and why he asked and our wait what did you say you you cut off you cut off a little bit there what did you say I said, and he attached the article as well. Yes, the article is a stash worth of coke of a stash of cocaine. Sorry, can't read. 
worth $22,000 hidden in an Italian forest by a gang Which already, of suspected such a great open to begin with. What a lead. Like, was reportedly destroyed by wild boars. <laughs> what is this story? <laughs> Unbelievable. As if it was not a gift enough for us to have a conversation that blew up on the internet about feral hogs a couple of weeks ago when the guy was talking about, well, how am I going to defend my uh, my family from the feral hogs when they attack if I don't have an AR-15? As if that wasn't a wonderful meme in and of itself, that guy saying that. yeah. Here now, in November, watch- we have a story, another story about feral hogs, and it involves $20,000 worth of cocaine. Did you watch the accompanying video with the story? Uh, no, I didn't. Did you watch it? Yes, I did. So it's with the Texas Park and Wildlife, and it's mm-hmm. talking about fighting the feral pig problem. That's what it's titled, Hogs Wild, Fighting the Feral Pig Problem. Oh, what a low-hanging headline. Come in on. In terms of Come things that on. just... on. Yes, I mean, I agree. I think fighting the feral pig problem would have been better because it would have seemed serious, but we all would have known it would have been a joke. Um, <laughs> I and I feel, feel so like the, bad the correct... because this, I feel this like is it probably... Been co- combating the cocaine feral hogs would have been better. Right. Alliteration is always a good way to go. Of course. But so this is a it's a delightful 33 minute, 30 second video, uh, including information I did not know, which is these feral hogs are actually descendants from domesticated farm animals. You would assume it goes the other way. But no, it's like they there were farm animals. And then I guess enough of them got out, survived in the wild and made it. And over time, there now are razorbacks. There's now feral hogs with these adorable little snouts and these little tusks. And they're super cute, uh, but they're also evil. Um, and it's great because in the video, you know, they, 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 they're, they're talking about it and they're showing like these, uh, these farmers like putting up this wire fence for these feral hogs. And the narrator goes very dramatically, you know, over time, these feral animals have become a problem. And then it cuts to a video of a hog just diving into this fence at full speed. And you just hear a big like, right. Of like running into a chain link fence. Oh, it means the change up's coming. It's right. It's just so weird that this is a thing that's happening you're like if you ask me like hey feral hog problem what century i've been like i don't know 18th nope 21st 21st um but yeah so yeah but if you would have yeah, said feral hog problem with cocaine they you you would have thought right. 21st they have the daintiest little legs man it kills me um i don't know pet feral hog i would love to pet a feral hog i probably would chicken out but i lo- i like the idea of it how many coked up feral hogs could the TDN staff take down? I mean, I got to think none, right? I was going to say between zero and three, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly zero and three. Not a chance in hell we're taking down more than three coked up feral hogs. Right. How big are the even... feral hogs again? Uh, they're large, I think. Yeah. All right. And they're aggressive. They run fast. They they're look focused so They're on speed. <laughs> Currently more than 6 million feral hogs spanning at least 35 states in America. Trevor, I'm here to promise you that Florida is one of them and Michigan is not one of them. You know, hopefully uh, hopefully they like Christmas trees. Wesley asked, sideline Super Bowl tickets for life or finding out the truth on all major conspiracy theories? So basically this boils down to your life as it is right now. Except you have sideline Super Bowl tickets forever to every Super Bowl. Or 
finding out the scary, terrifying truth on all major conspiracy theories, knowing it, going insane inside because you got to tell somebody. You try to tell these people they don't believe you. You got you get locked up into a mental facility. Those are the two realities that were put on the table here. So I'm probably this question, huh? Where is it? I don't see this question. Um, it was in response to your tweet earlier today asking. Is for it a locked questions. user? Uh, no. Okay. All right. Say it again. Young gentleman named Wesley asked it. Big shout out, Wesley, fan of the pod. He said, "Sideline Super Bowl tickets for life, or finding out the truth on all major conspiracy theories." Okay. Now and I see it. I don't know and how I, I gave you one. the two end roads that we have. So if you don't mind, I'm going to take the Super Bowl tickets and live with my head in the sand. Yes, absolutely. I don't. You think I want to know the truth to all major conspiracy theories? No. I would be so stressed out. Yeah, you would. That's what I'm saying. Not, You'd go if you knew the truth on all major conspiracy theories, you would go nuts, and you would well, try to tell people, and they would think that you're crazy. Right, and like, okay, two options here. Which one is more likely to, I don't know, get me snuffed out by a Black Ops team? Not the Super Bowl tickets, but right after they give me the truth on all major conspiracy theories, and I accidentally post one thing to Reddit I'm not supposed, uh, two days later, there's 12 Green Berets at my door. Green Berets, is that a thing? There's 12 Green Berets at my door. I don't, think, I don't think they would be the ones to come get you, but you can keep going with the story. It doesn't derail. And now I live in a you know state-of-the-art prison that's hidden below an island somewhere what- in the West Pacific. Yes, this is the exact reality that I set up. Thank you for listening. Yes. So Super Bowl tickets. Indeed, absolutely. All right, see you in February. Trevor asked, match a prospect with match a prospect to each of the following flatware. Sport. I really appreciated this one. Butter knife. Soup spoon. Ben, go ahead. And and spork. Oh yeah, spork. Right. So with with Spork, I was initially going to say Isaiah Simmons, right? Because oh, he's super uh, variable. He, he 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 versatile. He can do a lot of different things for you. Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? Is he a spoon? Is he a fork? Ah. But then I realized Sporks have the connotation of being a little cheaper. Um, so I actually went with Davian Taylor, who I just watched. He just made it to the Senior Bowl. Uh, this is a, a kid out of Colorado. He's a JUCO player who's now a, an outside linebacker, overhang safety, cover up number two hybrid type. He's like. 6-2-220, right? So he's not really a linebacker frame, even though he's listed as such. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't play high school ball, actually. His uh, family was raised by the Seventh Adventist uh, in, in Seventh Adventist faith, which recognizes Saturday as a holy day, and so he never participated in, in, in Saturday high school sports. And then uh, when he went to college, got his, his mother's blessing to, to play at, at the college level. Um, but he's, again, is he a spoon? Is he a fork? Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? We don't really know. Um, but he's, Isaiah Simmons is like, you know, a jewel encrusted spork. So if we're just going regular spork, I'm going with Davian Taylor. Uh, for butter knife, mm-hmm. Andre Swift. Why? It's like a hot knife through butter, baby. You can't okay. this smooth cuts right here. Right, this is right. nice, easy, effortless. And then finally, soup spoon. I like this one, and it's an easy one to me. CD Lamb. Why? He's a well-rounded football player. The soup spoon's got a well-rounded uh, head. There's nothing CD Lamb can't do. Attacks all three levels of the field. It's a well-rounded football player for a well-rounded spoon. I like how you and I had different approaches to these for we usually do. nearly all of them. Cause it's funny. So for Spork, I said Derek Brown because he's a round individual. He's versatile, but he'll <laughs> he's also, a round individual. but he'll also give you a punch there at the, right. At and the he can penetrate. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's all That's there. It's all there for Derek Brown. He's a Spork. Butter knife. 
Some people could look at butter knife and think like, okay, this is kind of a dull knife, so you can't cut through stuff. But butter knife, you're cutting through butter. It's a smooth cut. It's an easy cut. You're going straight through it. Jerry Judy against any defense, butter knife. Makes sense. Soup spoon. I went with Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma because he's scooping. He's getting he, when he scoops you. That's a lot of man scooping a lot of man, and he uh-huh. can do it really easily. Scoop. So there you go. Can I call him Scoop Humphrey? Well, we'll have to ask him when we see him next next okay. week. All right. Yeah. yeah. Big fan of the pod, Creed. What up? <laughs> Does Ben still have a bedtime on Christmas Eve? No. Okay. Though, like I, I don't have kids. And I don't, I mean, actually, I will be home this year. Um, so I guess I'll just go to bed at the regular time. I don't know. I don't like, I don't, I don't have anybody to help put presents out for. So I have to stay up late. And then I'm also not going to bed early because I never go to bed early. So I'm just regular old night. But how, also, I'll be at peak holiday season because of, of my schedule. Yeah. So. Because of how you planned it out. You yes. Know, thank for, you. Fortunately for me, I'm at peak holiday season all the time. You know, but we can't. And you're never at peak holiday season. We cannot you can't always, always be as lucky as me. How seriously oh. is Trevor considering adopting a ferret? This goes to the tweet that I had on Thursday morning where. This is the ferret video? Oh my God. I found this what video on delight. TikTok. I've, ben, I kid you not, I've watched this video like 500 times. Because because I, I it's still so hard for me to understand how he's moving i know i don't understand it but i love it and it's cute af and the music is great and then he po he he boop he boops a little pikachu with his nose and then he starts dancing with a little pikachu hold it's it's it might be the perfect video honestly we may have searched our entire lives trying to find a multimedia thing (laughs) that is truly perfect and i think we found it this morning on tiktok i also like I don't know, like, I pick up Nugget sometimes and, like, you know, cradle her like she's a baby. And she clearly looks at me like, listen, like, I'm going to let you do this for, like, 15 seconds. But eventually, like, I'm going to get too pissed off and we're going to have to stop this. This ferret does not have the face. He's no. like, he's like, yeah, let's make a TikTok. I'm vibing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm going to be a viral sensation. I don't know how the internet works. Like, the video. He's clearly I, into this. I tweeted it out Thursday morning. At Tampa Bay Trey, your life will be so much better for watching this video. Robert asked, name your top five worst Christmas gifts you've ever received. And we're not going to answer this one. We're also not going to answer the question about the top five Christmas carols because we will be answering these questions. Just got to wait on it. You got to wait till so what Friday. You, what, you, what you mean to say is there's a season in which we will answer Christmas-related questions. If you want me to keep it a buck with the listeners, you were the one before the podcast who said you didn't want to answer it yet. Because and I'm a nice so person. You know we're why I'm a nice person? Because I've got holiday cheer all year. I'm going to have to fight this battle for the next eight weeks. It's going to be exhausting. But I'm willing to do it for the sake of, of I, I, the sanctity of Christmas. There it is. Scott said, create a world where Dan Snyder no longer owns the Redskins, so I can have sweet dreams hoping it becomes a reality. Also, does Trev have any horror stories from when Bruce was the GM in Tampa? Please and thank you. Um, Dan Snyder got his money with, I believe it was it was kind of like a marketing advertising agency. It was like a communicate. it was Snyder Communications was the company in which um, he made all his money, but then he sold it for like $2.1 billion dollars. So he's already rich. So I tried to I tried to do a little research and think of a way where I could suck his money dry so he couldn't have the Redskins anymore. But he's just already got the Redskins, basically. So 
I don't know how we would take the team away from it. Did you concoct an idea? Well, no, like it's it's the reality of like I wanted you to think outside the box and concoct like a movie th- like a movie script idea of how we could do this. That's what I was trying to do with the job well, we thing, have, we but have, then I uh, couldn't find right, it. Right. We have another uh um I, the, okay, the reality in which Dan Snyder no longer owns the Redskins is either one you would say like, you know, he does something heinous enough that he gets removed, but he's really pushed the upper bounds of that and has yet to experience pushback. So there's that. Or number two, he just decides he no longer wants to deal with the fact that he's owning a very bad franchise, which eventually is going to happen because the team's not going to get any better for as long as he's owning it. So it's just a, it's, it's a waiting game. But the thing is like NFL, the only people who can get, who can you know expedite the departure of an NFL owner from the team is the other owners, and it'll never happen because it's too much of a of a brother. Oh, you're breaking so Scott's heart right now. I'm, the, I'm, Bruce Allen horror stories. The only ones I got is really like he became GM with John Gruden when he came over from not the same time that he came over from the from the Raiders, but shortly after. So it was Bruce Allen who ended up cutting a bunch of the veteran guys. Like he let Sap walk in free agency. He got rid of John Lynch, and and that obviously didn't go over well. And then he stuck by John when the Glazers were basically like, hey, John wants to get all these high-priced free agents, and we told him, no, you've got to fire him. And Bruce Allen went, no, I'm not going to fire him. And then uh, they just fired both of them. But, oh, I will say, this is a fun one. So, Allen was the GM when... What was this? The 2007 NFL draft. Allen was the GM. The Bucks are picking fourth. And they're like, hey, who do we pick? And Monty Kiffin, the defensive coordinator, goes, we got to get Gaines Adams. We have to, have to get Gaines Adams. He's the next, you know, he's the next Simeon Rice. And they had moved on from Simeon Rice. They didn't have him anymore. That was another Allen move. They, they needed another pass rusher. They had to get a stud pass rusher. You know who else was in that draft? Who? Adrian Peterson. And there oh, were he people, ended up okay. And there were people who were saying, look, even though you drafted Cadillac Williams two years ago, you have to draft Adrian Peterson. He's the best player in the draft. And Monty Kim was like, no, have to get Gaines Adams. You know, like he's 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 the next premier pass rusher. And there was somebody in the building from Tampa who knew people at Clemson who told Bruce Allen, don't draft Gaines Adams. He's highly unmotivated. He coasts off his athleticism. He's not a workout guy. He doesn't take football seriously. He's not going to be good in the NFL. They drafted Gaines Adams over Adrian Peterson. Guess wow, what sounds like uh, sounds like something the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would do. Correct, big correct. <laughs> you hate to see it. You do hate to see it. So that is, uh, you know, there are a lot of horror Bruce Allen stories, but um, such is the franchise of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who would win in a fight? Eight Julius Peppers sized Benz. Okay, so it's Julius Peppers. It's but- me. Oh, no, wait, it's you. It's You are as big as Julius Pepper. So 6'7", 295, 4740, super strong, all right? So you are the size Healthy. of Julius Peppers, eight of you, or 30 to 50 feral hogs. Right, so 30 to 50 feral hogs. Yeah, right. yeah, it's, it's 30 to yes. 50 feral hogs. Because we're dealing with about four to six hogs per Julius per ben. Peppers? Per Ben. Per Ben, who is the size of Julius Peppers. Yes. Um, and, and as we've discussed, we don't yeah, even think the whole TDN staff could take down one. So, Well, these aren't yeah. coked up 
feral hogs though right but even then so they're probably like have like better instincts and and are more you know like in hunting mode unless in just like crazy mode so i'm not even sure it's that much of a delta trayton asked if you could only dress like one movie character for the rest of your life who is it this is such a great question i love this question really great question yeah, when I was a when I was a, a a challenge course facilitator, and we did like stupid questions to break the ice with like twelve year olds, this would have been such a good one. It was like my first thought when I saw it. Um, so there's two answers to a question where you can only have one, but it's like if I'm being reasonable, then like my first question is like, all right, like I have to make sure I can go to a funeral, right? Like that's the thing is like you can't be stuck, forced to wait, wear wait, X. Wait, 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 wait. Your first thing that you think of absolutely is yes. how you're going to look at a funeral it's 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 i need to pick a a state of dress that will never put me in a place of like complete you know disrespect and impropriety what that's the first thing you oh, you have the strangest thought well, okay. processes okay what's yours what's yours mine's 007 mine's james bond okay well the, mine yeah mine is like bond or or i was gonna say men in black will smith right I, I chose they, James Bond because, and I almost kind of chose John Wick because essentially with both of these characters, you have an unlimited amount of different kinds of stylish like suits or tuxedos or even like nice casual wear that they have worn throughout the characters in the movie. So oh, you're see, always going to look like, great. I took it as like just one exact outfit. I didn't I, take I it took as it, like a character. I took it as a wardrobe. character. I took it as a character. Okay. Then yeah, like 07 is a great one. Yeah, James Obviously, Bond is because you is have the, the formalness you need, be. and then you also have like you know cool looking casual. Oh, I have three buttons unbuttoned, and I have a square jaw. Yeah. <laughs> this um, is, okay, this so is, in my does interpretation, square jaw come included, just, or do I have to pay extra for that? Right. In my interpretation, which was just one outfit, then yeah, I was like Damn. men in black, like you know, black suit, white shirt, black tie, or um, I like if I wanted to, you know, if I like just knew i was gonna you know if i wanted to do just for comfort it yeah. would be uh, uh uh the dude from big lebowski right with a big knit card again mm. get it for john pants <laughs> that's what i wear on that on the daily anyway i was gonna say that can't be that different uh nope love my cardigans man matthew gagne asked scout me I, and he put his he put his huddle report up here this is i love this he said Did i may watch? have one of the most confusing highlights ever canadian o-lineman fullback running back this is also my submission for Thick Boy of the Week, number 34 and number 58. Ben, do you have your scouting report for Matthew? I do. Uh, I want to set the this, this, this scene here, though, because mm-hmm. this was an absolute delight to watch. Yeah, big shout uh, out, Matthew. Matthew. I don't know how to pronounce Matthew's last name. I think it's I like Gagne it's, or something like that. No, I think it's Gagne, isn't it? Gagne, sure. Either way, the first rep like like your coat like a coach is about to open your huddle film yes the first rep is him on a kickout block for inside zone as a fullback that doesn't the play Boom! i saw that i was like this isn't we're in for a treat and it was this was literally three minutes and 30 seconds of matthew very admirably playing and so he starts as a fullback and then he transitions to to left guard clearly in the middle of the season because he retains number 34 he plays left guard with number 34 which is awesome um and then later in in his highlight film over the course of a couple years uh, he's a right guard at 58 he's an effective down blocker and good usage of his hands he's probably a little bit light in the pants if we're being honest um but then also uh effective goal line ball handler because mm. 
at multiple times on this film while wearing the number 58 as a starting left guard in short yardage. His team put him back there, gave him the ball. That's yeah, hilarious. Did. Yeah. My so scouting I appreciate report, it. This was a great question. It made me laugh. My scouting report, I've just got a couple of bullet point notes. Crushing blocker when he can really set you up in between the shoulders. Always looking for work. Understands protection priority when extra blitz pressure is coming. I saw a couple of clips where he really picked up some blitzes pretty well. Um, most of them were at right guard, I think. Good leg drive once engaged and locked with defenders. Really like that to move him out of a gap. Liked him most from a fullback position as he can be a lead blocker and also been given the ball in short yardage situations. There you go. This is my scouting. Good player. Big shout out, Matthew. Um, never UDFA get a grade, but that's okay. What'd you say? I said UDFA grade, but that's okay. No, it's all right. No, listen, first round pick in our hearts, man. When it comes to when it oh, comes to the TDN board, first round pick, without a doubt, top of the board. Are the Lions and the Bucks the only two franchises who aren't paying the refs off? Yeah, Bruce Arians is, is uh, pissing the refs off more than he probably right. is paying the refs off. So don't don't know about the Lions. They're probably. I have no. Too. Yeah, I have no. Like, I feel like there's probably a study that exists somewhere that somebody did that was like, who's got the best home field advantage with the refs over the course of the last ten years, dividing it by coaching staffs, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I have not known anything. Uh, I've not ever seen anything legit sustainable uh substantive i should say ah uh, so it's uh, that that <laughs> i'm just kidding i believe in nothing anything it's substantive that has shown me that there's any particular team that has a better bad referees are bad referees there are definitely some quarterbacks who get roughing calls easier than others no doubt about that but like on a team-wide basis i've never so, seen anything somebody on next week's fan friday pod please ask us if momentum is real please yeah, I just it'll be the only the question we ask. It'll be the only question that we get to in the hour-long podcast. Noah said, create a cartoon where Cinderblock and T-Shirt are the main <laughs> characters, which Cinderblock and T-Shirt, if you remember, are were our thick boys of the week the past two weeks. Cinderblock was the giant cat, and T-Shirt was the giant bear. Who's the yes. smart one? Who's the dumb one? Is it like a Tom and Jerry? Are the two characters working together? What are they good and bad at? What's the name of the cartoon? So um, here's what they do. Okay, yeah, set it for me. Right, okay, so the name of my cartoon is uh, Cinderblock and T-Shirt Take on America, right? Oh, and what they do is they... a little too long. NBC might not be happy with the title. They might need you to no, clean it's it fine. a little bit. We, 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 we can try to just C&T take on the states. Anyway, what they do is they travel around the country uh, helping solve problems for similarly chunky, overweight uh uh larger perhaps you could say thick animals so you got a you got you got a big beaver who's stuck into the entrance of his beaver dam can't get in call center block and t-shirt they'll be on their way uh you got a uh a, a squirrel who's uh, trying to reach for a nut that he buried between the roots of two trees but guess what he chubbed up now he can't reach call center block and t-shirt so in my head uh cinder block rides t-shirt Right, so t-shirt lumbers on his way you know on the paths in the forest in the yes, woods as cat uh, as a cat would no, 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 no. Uh, t-shirt. This is T-shirt. Lumber's on. This is the bear. And Cinderblock is just lounging on top. No, it's what I'm have... saying. Like, as a cat would. Like, a cat wouldn't right. walk. It would be lazy. Right, right, yes, of course. Okay, t-shirt. right. So he's lounging. Um, t-shirt has, like, you know, like, big, booming James Earl Jones voice. And then Cinderblock's got, like, like, like a languid, like, Scarlett Jennifer Aniston. Uh, just Scarlett Johansson, Jennifer Aniston voice. That's, oh, that's right. good. I like that. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Because Cinderblock's a chick. We have to remember that. She was Thick Boy of the Week, but that's a woman. Um, and then they come in and they help uh there are other you know pre-hibernation 
woodland creatures get out of uh, sticky situations. Mm-hmm. And it's fun and it's, it's laughing. It's a good time. And they've got a friend who's a bird uh, who helps, like, you know, see what's going on so they can yeah. find the problems. That's good. Uh, their enemy is a snake or some other slim related evil creature. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen Secret Life of Pets 2? I've seen Secret Life of Pets, the okay. one where Kevin Hart is a bunny named Snowball. Yeah, so Secret Life of Pets 2, that's kind of what my cartoon would be in this instance. And in Secret Life of Pets 2, they go out of the city and they go to almost like this farm where there's all kind of like fence stuff, but it's also very wide open. Like that would be that would be the setting of where my cartoon would be, is that like Cinderblock would be the cat that's at like this this, this like barn cat almost. And then mm-hmm. T-shirts, obviously a bear that's in the forest, but they know each other well. You know, Cinderbox a little sarcastic, a little uh, stubborn, a little like sassy, you know, as cats always are. And T-shirts kind of just this like dumb, big, happy bear who like just loves hanging out with his friends and stuff. And Cinderblock kind of tries to manipulate T-shirt a little bit. But at the same time, Cinderblock's a little hardened where it's like, oh, no, I don't need anybody. But at the same time, like, you know, Cinderblock right. really needs T-shirt because they're best friends. Of course, you know? but you never met it until oh, like the course. end of season two. Yeah, of course. And so, you know, right. when they when, when when you can tell them they share a moment together and it's, it, it's wonderful. So, yeah, they just go around the forest and go around to like maybe where the city area is helping other animals out, you know, messing with humans doing some fun stuff there you go that's the that's the setting i like the voices that you that you came up with those are good thank you yeah i really feel like the voice obviously is a big part i feel of the like animated. i feel like Even seth though... rogan would be a good voice for t-shirt sure well he was for pumba yeah so that might be good where i'm concept. getting that vibe from so there you go i'd watch that film thanks let's, man let's make it happen ricky asked top five it. thanksgiving foods you absolutely need at your table to be a happy little gopher number five Happy little gopher. <laughs> Number yeah. five, roasted Brussels sprouts, uh, preferably with maple like and bacon. I like Brussels sprouts. I like Brussels sprouts. Thank you for mentioning that. Of course we like Brussels sprouts. We're not, we're not idiots. Okay. Uh, four, mashed taters. Um, people think that, that mashed sweet potatoes are, are an alternative. They are not. They also can be there and are good, but they're not a, a replacement. Uh, number three, stuffing, preferably with sausage. Two, turkey. It just it has to be there. This is part of, this signifies the, the event and the meal. Number one, my aunt, Katya, makes a dessert, which is a pumpkin cheesecake, Trevor. What? It's a pumpkin cheesecake. It, it, it's, it's, it's a dense, fluffy cheesecake with pumpkin flavoring. Mm-hmm. It is probably my favorite dessert in the world. And at my family Thanksgiving every year, everybody by now knows the rules. When dessert comes out onto the table. You always take it, Aaron Rodgers if he's getting points. Agreed. Yes, exactly. When dessert comes out onto the table. Three sides minimum. I know. I'm glad your family knows. When dessert comes out onto the table. How many rules do we have? Any more? No. Okay. If you'd like a slice of pumpkin cheesecake, please feel free to take it. I'm fine with that. But once everybody goes around once, however many pumpkin cheesecake remains... That's mine. That's and eaten into mine. your leftovers. Say that again? I said that's eaten into your leftovers that you get to take home. It is. But I want. I just want the people to know, like, you know, like all my cousins, I love you dearly, aunts and uncles. They Go ahead. Take, take a slice if you want a slice, but understand you have one shot at that. Whatever <laughs> is left when you are gone will be consumed by me over the course of 48 hours. 48? Then, wow, okay. Then I will not wake up on Sunday. But it'll be worth it because it's super good. Totally worth it. All right, my top five. Uh, number five, not ham. <laughs> you suck. 
Number four. I've never seen ham on Thanksgiving Day table. It's never been a thing for my so I get it. Uh, number four. It's a sweet potato dish, but it's got to kind of like be fancy. It's got to be a little bit different. I like sweet potatoes, but what would make it a top dish for me is like I've had a sweet potato casserole that's had like a certain kind of cheese on it that's been phenomenal that I've really liked and different mm. ways to kind of present sweet potatoes that I've really, really enjoyed. So if you get really creative with sweet potatoes, I think they're a top tier food. Three for me is um, turkey. Either it can be classic or I love fried turkey with gravy. I think that's really good too. If you not too like overly fried, like when you think of fried chicken, I'm not thinking of that, but sometimes you could just like crust the skin where it's got a little bit of crunch with the moisture and then with the gravy. That's a really good combo to me. So that's three. The perfect kind of mashed potatoes. Like if you just do it really, really well, Mm-hmm. That's a top tier to me. That's number two. And then number one, Amen. you mentioned it there, stuffing with sausage. My grandmother, God bless her heart forever and ever, is Italian. And she does oh, yes. a sausage and peppers kind of uh, uh, stuffing every single year. And Ben, it is to die for. Would die for it. Willing to. Tomorrow. Let me know. Time and place. If you save me... Any kind of pumpkin cheesecake, I will save you some kind of stuffing. I will see you in January with three month, two month old <laughs> leftovers, brother. I don't know if it'll go over well then. Josh asked, "What are you guys specifically, Trevor's?" Big shout out! Thank you for my uh, superior knowledge. Thoughts on the VH3 situation? Here's what happened with VH3. Oh boy, I'm gonna try to keep this. Uh, try to keep it short. VH3 was drafted. Vernon Hargraves, by the way, for everybody that didn't know that. Vernon Hargraves got released by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, picked up by the Houston Texans. He was drafted way way too high. The Bucs drafted him to be a CB1. He was never a CB1. He was firmly a CB2 at best, okay? When he came into the league right away, there was not a lot of good leadership in that Bucs locker room. He naturally gravitated towards Brent Grimes. Brent Grimes... Not a good mentor, okay? This is a guy who absolutely coasted for most of his time near the tail end of when he was in Tampa. That's when Vernon Hargraves was latching onto him. Not exactly a great mentor for a young guy in terms of, hey, hard work, work ethic, team's got to be first, all this kinds of stuff. Not hating on Brent Grimes, okay? Dude was at the end of his career. He was collecting his paycheck. He'd do whatever he want. He hustled the Bucks hard. Mad respect to him for that. He convinced the Bucks to pay him for that final year, and I will never understand how he did it. Big respect. But... Vernon tried to follow after his footsteps, and you Vernon just never put in the effort, man. And I'm not saying it was all Brent Grimes' fault. Certainly not. It's up to Vernon as well. But this guy, not saying that he didn't practice, but so many reps in the games, allergic to contact. Like, like just did not have right. any desire to be physical. Never took, him, ne- never took his physicality, his want, his desire to always make the play to the next level. And honestly, this team looked at Vernon, They looked at how he did not prioritize winning or doing the best that he could or his attitude or his effort, as Bruce Arians would say. They saw him give minimal in those areas, and they said, we're not letting you have an effect on our younger guys that we just drafted. Get out. And that's what they did. And they got really savage with it because this is a defense that does not have any veteran guys. Vernon Hargraves was supposed to be one of the few ones that they were to look to, a guy who's had experience in this league. And Vern, all I'm saying is that Vernon's effort and attitude were bad to the point where Bruce Arians said, I didn't think twice when Jason basically gave him the green light to cut him. So that was the VH3 situation. Might be a, might be a CB2 or a nickel corner still in the league for a couple more years, but that's what he was in Tampa. That's what he's going to get remembered as. Overdrafted, uh, yeah, my, didn't my, give effort, uh, had bad attitude. My thoughts are exactly the same and equally as, as uh, dating. 
All right, there we go. Thank goodness I was here. <laughs> Thank you for that. Nicholas asks, what do you guys think of Vita Vea and his hype right now? Do you think he will make the Pro Bowl this year? Ben, what did you think of Vita Vea coming out? I'll ask you that. Right, I liked Vea more than a lot of people did, you know, because we were we were all, like, enamored with Vea in the preseason and, and, and in the beginning of the regular season, but then we began to think to ourselves, okay, you know, what is the pass rush upside for this player? Um, and accordingly, you know, you get a, a well, he's not, Maurice Hurst, you know what I mean? And I had I had Maurice Hurst above him. Now, obviously, Maurice Hurst ends up falling because of uh, the 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 concerns with his heart and, and his long term health there. But even then, like like uh, you know, they ends up being the first defensive tackle off the board. But there are people who had guys like Taven Bryan higher than him in that class, right? Because Bryan at Florida had that unbelievable penetration ability that really you know illustrated a, a more prominent NFL pass rusher. But that being said. The reason I really liked Vea coming out, and he was a first-round grade for me, was because while we might want to make the whole defensive line out of penetrators, you know, oh, why don't you build the whole plane out of pass rushers, right? NFL teams don't. NFL teams want a player like Vea. They find him valuable. There's there's consistent. We need that uh, that space gobbler. We need that guy in the middle of the field who can absorb double teams and we need to be staunch against the run and we need that anchor in our defense. So Vail was going to get drafted and he was going to play. He was going to see reps first, second down. He was going to see reps on third down too. And when you watch him, is he the best pass rusher? No, but for a 345-pound guy who's going to be lined up as a one technique, who's going to be lined up as a zero technique, the hand strength is out of this world. The ability to work hand counters and work second you know, second rush moves off of a, off of a primary bull rush, the push-pull, it's all great. It's all there. It's Tremendous athlete, no. Super quick, no. Bending ability, no. But this is a guy who could compromise pocket integrity. And the thing is, like as a as a zero technique rusher, I don't need you clearing your shoulders, squaring up the quarterback, and going in for a sack. I need you closing down the interior lanes the quarterback might escape through. When my real pass rushers, my outside guys, uh, are getting around the tackles and pushing that guy up the pocket. And so Via does more than his job there. So I liked him coming out. I can't say I've watched a ton of him this year. So I'm curious, to, like, is he panning out the way y'all no, hoped he I, would? No, I like Vea, and and I think from what you explained he was coming out of college, that's kind of what he's been in the NFL. The thing is, is that you drafted the guy at the top end of the first round, and he's just he's he's not going to be a sack killer. He's just not. He doesn't have that mentality. So you drafted a guy really high who has good strength, good upside, all this kinds of stuff to be a guy who could plug up multiple gaps, who could take on double teams, who could push the pocket with a good bull rush and great leg drive. He can be all these things, and I think that they're glad that they have Vea on the team. But he's not going to be a sack master, I don't think. I, I just don't think no. he's ever going to have that killer mentality. So at that point, it's like, oh, man, you drafted a guy. What did they draft him at 11, I think? You drafted a guy at 11 who doesn't get any sacks. Uh... It's a little uh, like right. they, they're happy they have him on the team. It's just that's always the drawback. I'm like, you drafted a guy at 11 who's not going to get you sacks. Now you're forced to really address a lot of the other positions around him to make sure that they're the ones you get there. Now they got JPP and they got Jack Barrett, so it's working. It's working out a little bit. But right. That's kind of my thoughts on Vea. Um, where are we going? Where are we going with this one? Uh, when is the when is the correct time to put up the Christmas tree? decorations or whoa he said when is the correct time to put up christmas tree decorations which i assume he means is like put them away and he no, said put, why is, like, put the tree up no like, but then put, he said and why is it not february so right, i think no, he meant he's, like he's of your school of thought which is like oh, oh maybe maybe yeah maybe it oh, is that way i don't know christmas tree never goes down brother not in this hey re-ask this again in three weeks and and you know 
Okay. Clarify for us, please. Uh, rank them. Rocks, boulders, minerals. Right. I put in the tweet. I said, ask about anything. NFL draft prospects, flatware, Christmas etiquette, rocks, minerals. Um, as a big rocks and minerals buff, hello? Let me just put on my, I don't know, hat. Rocks, minerals, hat. Minerals, and then rocks, and then boulders. Boulders are actually not exciting whatsoever. Very limited scope no, of things. I've actually, I've actually got minerals one, boulders two. Wow. What's it like to be an idiot and wrong? You tell me. We can all agree minerals put his up his Christmas tree till December. You tell me. We can all agree minerals are number one, and that of the people who we should trust on this podcast on this topic, the 2015 number one high school state of Pennsylvania rocks and minerals for science <laughs> Olympiad probably should be the one that we trust. Listen to you, you king. You can take that Suck one. Suck it. Jonathan said, heading down to Tampa next week for work. If I can only go out to eat once, where am I going? What am I getting? What topping am I putting on my pub sub? Okay. Dats is a very classic Tampa place to go. That's got to be on your radar. If you want to go to uh, a place that's got a lot of different restaurants, Armature is a really cool place. It's right in the water. If you're going for breakfast, Oxford Exchange. And if you want the best wings, Hatrix. I love Hatrix wings. Also, what are you putting on your pub sub? It depends how you me? like your chicken, but I'm always oh, like okay. ranch on the bread, tenders tossed in buffalo sauce, um, gouda cheese. And then I just do spinach and pickles, and I keep it kind of simple because after that, I feel like there's just too many flavors going on. I want those spinach, flavors. huh? Yeah, I like spinach more than I like normal lettuce when I'm getting it from a deli place because deli places often use like iceberg lettuce, which does not have any. Iceberg lettuce has so few redeeming nutritional qualities to it. It's not like romaine lettuce, so. If I see that it's that lighter kind of iceberg lettuce, I'll just be like, nah, just give me the spinach. Because spinach is, you can't you can't mess up spinach. Spinach is spinach. So that's why I normally go from like, if I'm going to like Subway or Publix or Firehouse or whatever it is, I normally look at what the lettuce is like and then that determines whether I go spinach or lettuce. Okay. I thought about this. I feel that. I feel like like I would expect lettuce on a chicken tender sub, but I also prefer spinach to lettuce. So I would have to try it, but I was I was glad to hear it. Scott said, rank these Sesame Street characters in order of most likely to least likely in how you would defeat in a fist fight on a neutral site. He wanted to I say, love that make he sure put it's a neutral site, site. As if like you were on Sesame Street. Home field advantage. Bro, if you're on Sesame Street, every single one of these dudes are effing you yeah, up. Right, because they, they, they know all the nooks and crannies. They're going to ambush you from the alley. Yeah. Um, right, so I'm most likely to defeat Bert. Bert is soft as heck. Uh next most likely oscar the grouch i feel like while he's mean what he's also he's also completely like sedentary he doesn't move he's probably he sits around all the time he's not an athlete okay he just chills in a garbage can right all right yeah, yeah uh third cookie monster you're nuts all right go on deranged uh scared well here's the thing elmo is four and the reason is you know people are like oh elmo's too high elmo shouldn't be your second least most likely to, to beat up yeah, yes that's me. but that's me you're you're describing elmo me. Okay, Elmo runs Sesame Street, Trevor. You think Elmo can't throw hands? You think Elmo didn't have to fight for that? You Great think Elmo point. rules? Oh, it's all it's all red, fluffy love and Daisy with a goldfish? No, Elmo has to ha- lay down the law. Somebody's got to eat, you know. As I'm saying, Elmo is lions got to eat. You got to you got to snuffle up against listening to Elmo. There's a reason why it's because Elmo's cold. All right, you Elmo will clap a dude. I have no doubt in my mind. Bert and then fifth is, is Big Bird. Bird is, is obviously first, Big Bird. Of course. Bird is first for me. Elmo is next. 
They beat the crap out of those guys. Oscar's third because you got that uh, they got you got that ornery attitude to him. So he might put up a little bit of a fight. I think Cookie Mon- Monster is basically like cracked out from Cookie Dough. So if right. you're in the fight too long, at that point he's going to get strung out from not having Cookie Dough long enough. So he's just going to start tearing you a new one. And then of course Big Bird's number one. Snuffleupagus could come out of nowhere, give you an iron chair to the back of the head. They're not going to play fair. You know that he's he's beating you up. Yep. Big Bird, I, I just makes me think of the video of just him knocking down. Knock- the- <laughs> I'm talking about. Yeah, kicking kicking the door open. Yeah, it's just him looming there. I'm scared of Big Bird now. Scott also said Hollywood has greenlit next summer's mega blockbuster, TDN the movie. Carter Donick, big shout out, Carter, is in charge of casting. Which actor do you hope he casts, and which actor does he actually cast for you to play? I would hope. When I had my hair a lot longer, people continued to say, for whatever godforsaken reason, that I looked like Bradley Cooper from A Star Is Born. So, like, if you think that's the case, get him, get We're like, get, sign him the f up. All right, perfect. I will not argue with you a it. single breath. Uh, who he actually gets, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to have uh, we'll have to have Carter on the show to tell us well, right. who he would. Well, get. this is not this is not hard. In terms of who we would actually get, because I received enough yeah, jokes. Yeah, yours is the one from, uh, from, from, what is it? Uh, oh my god, it's called Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones. I want. I was. I continued to have Lord of the Rings in my head, and I was like, "That's not yep. it, you idiot." Uh, Isaac Hempstead Wright plays Bran on Game of Thrones, and man, when you see him not brand up, it's not great how much he looks like me. I mean, it is great. We're both handsome fellows, but of course, that's yeah, of course surprising now i will say i had a lift driver in charlotte and i'll remember this lift driver for my entire life who when i walked into the car first thing he said when i sat down was hey you look like that kid who plays spider-man i'll like, tom holland <laughs> what and he was like yeah because well, i had my hair like 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 parted like tom does because i was going nice. to weddings right, um right. i was in a suit i was looking good um firstly it's the biggest tip i've ever given out to any service employee i think ever I mean, in my entire to, life have to right and secondly, so I'm somewhere on the Isaac Hempstead right to Tom Holland spectrum, probably closer to Isaac Hempstead right. So I would hope for Tom, and I'll probably get Isaac. We got two questions left. You got to do them real quick. Justin said, NFL comps for C.D. Lamb and Henry Ruggs. Not sure about Henry Ruggs because he is a really interesting mix of speed and uh, just like catching through traffic. The dude is uncharacteristically tough for I think of how fast of a player he is. Normally, you just don't get that combination. C.D., I would tell you it's Odell. I tell you, it's Odell Beckham Jr. for, for right. CD that's now. the thing. I, as I've said, CD is is a player who the comp really escapes me right now. I think he has such a a cool skill set that it's hard to to discuss. For rugs, right? I mean, we're somewhere in the Tyreek Hill to Deshaun Jackson spectrum, and I think Deshaun is where I land right now. Okay. And then Patrick said, "What is your favorite, or what is the first show you guys watched on Disney Plus?" I don't have Disney Plus yet. I'm going to get it, wow. but the first show that I'm going to watch on Disney Plus, no questions asked. It's going to be Brink the movie. No What's question. Brink? It's like a, it's a movie about it's a Disney Channel original movie, and it's about like kids in a from the '90s who are in like a roller skating. Andy Brink Brinker is the leader of a group of inline skaters who yeah. disapprove of corporate sponsorship. Yeah, this it is a fight the man on rollerblades movie. <laughs> it's amazing. If you've never seen it, and you get Disney Plus. You need to watch it. All right, what's I'll your be first watching show? The Mandalorian. Thank you kindly. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, that's a good yeah. that's a good answer, safe answer. A lot of people like that. There we go. That's Fan Friday. That's an hour. If we didn't get to your question, very sorry. You guys are awesome. You give us more questions that we can answer every single week. We love when you get in on the show. 
We're going to be doing it every week, though. So a week from now, there's always a chance to get in on the show. Got a lot of awesome football to watch this weekend. Ben and I will be back on Monday to talk about all of it. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.